around him like a blanket. He snatched open the back seat door to get his jacket, searing his hand in the process. After the briefest hesitation, he grabbed his hat from the seat. Wide-brimmed in stiff brown canvas, it didn't go with his funeral suit. But with skin the blue hue of skimmed milk for half the year and a cancerous-looking cluster of freckles the rest, Falk was prepared to risk the fashion faux pas. Pale from birth, with close-cropped white-blonde hair and invisible eyelashes, he'd often felt during his 36 years that the Australian sun was trying to tell him something. It was a message easier to ignore in the tall shadows of Melbourne than in Kiwara, where shade was a fleeting commodity. Fork glanced once at the road leading back out of town, then at his watch. The funeral, the wake, one night, and he was gone. Eighteen hours, he calculated, no more. Keeping that firmly in mind, he loped towards the crowd, one hand on his hat as a sudden hot gust sent hems flying. Inside, the church was even smaller than he'd remembered. Shoulder to shoulder with strangers, Fork allowed himself to be ferried deeper into the congregation. He noticed a free spot along the wall and darted in, carving out a space next to a farmer whose cotton shirt strained taut across his belly. The man gave him a nod and went back to staring straight ahead. Fork could see creases at his elbows where the shirt sleeves had until recently been rolled up. Fork removed his hat and discreetly fanned himself. He couldn't help glancing around. Faces that at first had seemed unfamiliar came more sharply into focus and he felt an illogical rush of surprise at some of the crow's feet, silver streaked hair and gained kilos sprinkled throughout the crowd. An older man two rows back caught Fork's eye with a nod and they exchanged a sad smile of recognition. What was his name? Fork tried to remember. He couldn't focus. The man had been a teacher. Fork could just about picture him at the front of a classroom, gamely attempting to bring geography or woodwork or something else alive for bored teenagers, but the memory kept flitting away. The man nodded at the bench beside him, indicating he would make space but Fork shook his head politely and turned back to the front. He avoided small talk at the best of times, and this, unquestionably, was a million horrific miles from the best of times. God, that middle coffin was small. Lying between the two full-size ones only made it look worse, if that were possible. Tiny kids with combed hair plastered to their skulls pointed it out. Dad, look, that box is in football colours. Those old enough to know what was inside stared in appalled silence, fidgeting in their school uniforms as they edged a little closer to their mothers. Above the three coffins, a family of four stared down from a blown-up photograph. Their static smiles were over-large and pixelated. Fork recognised the picture from the news. It had been used a lot. Beneath, the names of the dead were spelled out in native flowers. Luke, Karen... Billy. Fork stared at Luke's picture. The thick black hair had the odd grey line now, but he still looked fitter than most men on the wrong side of 35. His face seemed older than Fork remembered, but then it had been nearly five years. The confident grin was unchanged, as was the slightly knowing look in his eyes. Still the same were the words that sprang to mind. Three coffins said differently. Bloody tragic. The farmer at Fork's side spoke out of nowhere. His arms were crossed, fist wedged tightly under his armpits. It is, 
Fawke said. You knew him well? Not really. Only Luke the... For a dizzy moment, Fawke couldn't think of a word to describe the man in the largest coffin. He mentally grasped about, but could only find cliched tabloid descriptions. The father, he landed on finally. We were friends when we were younger. Yeah, I know who Luke Hadler is. I think everyone does now. Still live round this way, do you? The farmer shifted his large body slightly and fixed Fawke properly in his gaze for the first time. No, not for a long time. Right. Feels like I've seen you, though. The farmer frowned, trying to place him. Hey, you're not one of them bloody TV journos, are you? No, police in Melbourne. That right? You lot should be investigating the bloody government for letting things get this bad. The man nodded to where Luke's body lay alongside those of his wife and six-year-old.